Welcome to the Simply Delsa podcast, where we celebrate life living one story at a time. I'm Delsa Saunders Bailey. I'm an independent author and self-publishing consultant who loves stories and loves to share stories, especially through my romantic suspense novels. But I love helping others reach their publishing goals, specifically those who want to write as a tool to help build their businesses. So those folks I usually refer to as bookpreneurs. I guess I should be able to pronounce that correctly, right? (laughs) Today, our guest is a bookpreneur. And when I mention bookpreneur, though, I want you not to think necessarily of the book is the basis of their whole business. The book can also be a product or it can be a great business card that promotes the expertise of that particular business. But our guest today is Pauline Mansfield, and she's a bookpreneur like me, but I believe her book, she originally wrote the first one, not as a business tool, but as a tool to help others deal with a very serious topic. Now, that topic, most women would prefer not to talk about, but Pauline knows the importance of letting it all out. Now, before we talk to her more about that, I want you to know a few little things about Pauline that I really admire. One, she's an editor, and God knows we need editors, (laughs) all of us writers. We cannot do it ourselves. We need these editors. She's also a publishing coach and a very inspiring mentor, and I'll want to talk to her more about that later. But I can't wait for you to, talk, for, to hear her talk about her publishing journey and her journey in helping others. So everyone, I want you to welcome my friend and fellow bookpreneur, Pauline Mansville. How are you, Pauline? Thank you, Delsa. I am fine. And you, you are an inspiration to me. We can't do what we do without inspiration from others. So I appreciate your, your applause. I appreciate your continuous inspiration and uplifting. We need that. Oh, well, thank you. You know, we admire each other. And, you know, we're in a profession that can help so many other people. And we can help them by also entertaining them. (laughs) Absolutely. absolutely. Now, Pauline, you have four books, four, all of which, and we can't leave it myself. (laughs) I I know. I was like, I just went back on Amazon. I was like, wow. (laughs) So why don't you tell us about those books? And if you could tell us what inspired you to share some very deeply moving stories about your life in those books? Well, first, let me say, this was not a journey that I planned. It it wasn't even on my list anywhere. I've always loved writing. You know, I wrote as a teenager, wrote in a diary every day. I think that's where it started. Wow. My very first book was something I did painfully. It was not uh, a task that I even thought I was capable of doing. And that's where friends come in. A friend of mine knew that I liked to write. And for therapy, I used to just write myself notes and put them in my wallet just to uplift me. Every now and then I'd pull out this piece of paper, whether it was written on a napkin, a business card, a torn piece of paper. 
And I was reading something I had written to her one day while we were having lunch. And she said, Pauline, you need to put this in a book. And I laughed, of course. And I'm thinking, that's not me. But she encouraged and pushed and then put her foot in my back. (laughs) She insisted, she insisted. And in between, I was whining and saying, no, I can't, no, I can't, no, I can't. So she took one more step, God bless her. And she said, you're going to do this and I'm going to introduce you to my publisher because she had just written a book. When I met the publisher, the rest became history because the publisher then became my mentor, my compass. She pointed the way every single step until my book was done. That's awesome. That that was the beginning. And if you have writing in your soul, if it is your passion, once you've done one, you become an addict. I'm sure you know that. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Yeah, so then came two. And the second one was just because I was now in a joyous place. It was called the chess master. And I just felt happy about writing about people who had gone through things and come out on the other side joyously or some miraculous thing that had happened to, there were 10 people in my life who I loved, who I admired, and I wrote about them uh, basing it on a chessboard and how we lived our, our lives like pieces on a board. And these people just really, their stories just moved me. And the next one was about my dad. And that was purely, purely by accident. It was a conversation with a friend. And he said, I saw something on the internet about your dad. And I thought, not about my dad. He's been dead since 1978. He said, oh, yeah, it was, it was about your father. He was a singer, right? I said, yes, he was. He said, hang up the phone and Google your dad's name. Wow. That was the beginning of book number three, Songs of a Father. And then the last book I just published a couple of months ago, Just Marketing Now. And it's a follow-up to that first painful book I wrote called The Turtle Story. Uh, Seven Steps to Breaking Free from Domestic Abuse. And this story is the other side of abuse and how my life has totally, totally changed from that one person who put her foot in my back. Her name was Tom, Tom Macbeth. Tom Macbeth was a life changer for me. And To me, it is amazing how little things, just little things, connection with people, it starts out with connections, can change your whole life. And when you put it in a book, it can change the whole world. Yes, it can. And you're giving people, are giving women the courage to take that step to get out of that situation. So I applaud you for that. Thank you. I hope I am. Now, you mentioned the third book about your dad. I know you're very proud of your father. He was a very accomplished man. He was. Um, Would you mind sharing what made you most proud of being his daughter? (laughs) That's an interesting question because 
as we grew up, I didn't have that feeling. I wow. have that feeling now. Because when we were growing up, I, I barely knew the man. Wow. I mean, he was in and out of our lives. He was just a passing stranger in a way. Uh, I can't really say he lived, quote unquote, in our home because he traveled continuously while I was growing up. And he did not come back to live in our home until I was almost 14, I believe. Wow. I mean, I lived my life. My personality was formed. I had my friends. I had my way of doing things. My mother was the queen of our castle. And we were only used to her. So he was a person who popped in and then popped, popped out. <laughs> so I cannot say honestly, Dilsa, that I had the admiration for him then that I have now. Wow. When he came back home, it, I call them visits. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't realize he was out there following his dreams, right? I, I knew why he was gone, but I was a kid. Yeah. So I didn't think about it. I mean, we were enjoying our lives. My mother was a powerful, wonderful, funny, entertaining, encouraging parent. So, you know, we just went on and he would show up uh, and he was a very, very quiet, intense kind of guy when he was home. <laughs> oh, wow. And it was almost like he didn't know where he fit yeah. when he got there. So he didn't really communicate with us. He didn't tell us about these wonderful trips he had taken, about things he had learned, about how much he had uh, viewed in other countries. That would have been absolutely terrific. Yeah. If there's any one thing that I could say about him that I did admire always, I admired his gift of singing. I really did. We knew he could sing because when he'd come home, he would sing in our church. He would occasionally do performances in the community. And I never got that gift. I kind of resented the fact that I couldn't get <laughs> in a bucket in a well, bucket well you're still artistic you know yeah, well, <laughs> you're a writer I didn't even think about the connection until I was a very grown person that art is mm. art is art yeah. and I will tell you I mentioned earlier that I think I started my love of writing with diaries that was actually because of him wow and I mentioned that in my book about him and I fortune unfortunately I didn't get to thank him while he was here on earth, but I sure thank him now yeah. because he wrote in a diary every single day of his life for over 40 years. Wow. Do you have those? No, oh. sadly I don't, but I remember him writing and my mother used to tell me she was so comical. She used to say, you know, your dad thinks he keeps secrets from me all, but all I have to do is look in his diary. <laughs> You know, so she would take a little peek probably every day, you know, because he would write his feelings and he also composed music. So he wrote down songs that he would think of off the top of his head. I've seen a couple, but I have none, sadly. Wow. And think about how many that is. But then when I became a teenager on my birthday, every, no, not my birthday, every Christmas, every Christmas, 
he would give me a diary. So I started January 1, writing all of my little secret stuff. But I wow. had said enough to have a lock and key on mine. So I was grateful. <laughs> you made was, me think about my sister. My sister used to keep a diary, but she used to write it in shorthand. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I learned shorthand, she destroyed all of her diaries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, he always gave me a lock and key diary. I just remember them so well, and I don't have any of them. You know, things that we value now, we thought nothing of then. So true. When I left home at 18, I left all of that behind. Yeah. So that's where my journey started. So do you have any of his recordings? I've been searching for them. Wow. Uh, his last recording was probably done in the early 1940s because he was the director of the student director of the Morehouse Glee Club wow. here in Atlanta. And uh, I have contacted the college and I'm searching to see if I can find just one because he had a magical tenor voice, just magical. Wow. He fell from the depths of his soul. That's incredible. Well, I'm so glad. I bet he's very proud that you wrote a book about him. I think he's smiling he's, from heaven. Yes, he is, definitely. Yes. <laughs> you know, we had a tough relationship because I was a very independent teenager. And uh, he always just kind of gave me the side eye, like, what are you doing? <laughs> I can only imagine. Right. He'd never say anything, but he'd give me that look. So it, the joy in writing that book was deep. It was really wow. deep because I thought, oh my gosh, what a wonderful, what a wonderful, determined human being he was because he was trying to live out his dream mm -hmm. at a time when Black men in America had a slim chance of crossing the street without abuse. I know. Him to travel across the South, across the United States in other countries across the world and there were stories in a book that someone else wrote about him that told about many of those abuses that just broke my heart wow. but that, that, that never stopped him well that he kept doing it so that was wonderful yeah well you got that strength from him too you know <laughs> I, think I, I think i did so i applaud emmanuel mansfield oh, you know I do. yes definitely now, I mentioned in the intro that you are a bookpreneur, but you don't just write or you also speak. You speak frequently. Who do you like reaching out to? Well, because of the subject of two of my books that really are the books that sell the most for me, uh, those are the two books about domestic abuse, that has become my mission to touch men and women who have been subject to abuse because I was a victim of abuse at one time. And so many things helped me along the way. Writing the book helped me tremendously. It changed my life. Uh, connecting with other people uh, has changed my life. Being a member of Toastmasters has changed my life because it, it just strengthened a muscle that I didn't even know I wanted to develop, and that was public speaking. Mm -hmm. And so my audiences tend to be people I want to give a message to. Even in the book about my dad, 
the message I want to send to people is never give up your dream. Keep plugging at it no matter what. Be knocked down six times, get up seven. Amen. Uh, so every single book I write, whether it's a book of entertainment, whether it's a book of, it's a message book like the Turtle Story books one and two, or like the book about my dad, there's a message for somebody. You know, we all have a, an audience uh, and it might not be as broad as, as reaching every person in the world, but whatever that audience is, I want to touch them. That's my goal. That is awesome. Yeah. And that's one of the things I really admire about you. I know I keep saying that, but you do admire me. You're so easygoing and so accessible. You have, um, in order to, let me tell the audience why one, that's one of the things I admire about you is you have a club, the Turtle Queens Authors Club, that's where right. you mentor a whole group of people. Everybody is just really growing, um, with your tutorage and one of them i want you to tell me tell us about him dionicio torres dionicio okay Dionisio right. torres um he's becoming a very positive force in the world and i think that's because of you so tell us about the turtle queens author club well, and tell know, us a little bit about dionicio let me tell you how the turtle queen author club came to be I mean, it's not, it's, it's something that became an attachment of another vision. And interestingly enough, it was the book about my dad. The Turtle Queen Author Club grew out of a project I did in Toastmasters. Wow. I, I don't think you and I have ever talked about Dil that, Dilsa. Is that was, the leadership? Um, yeah, yes, I was working on my leadership, working okay. toward getting my DTM. Wow. I had to come up with a project where I formed a committee to do something. And at the time, I was almost finished with my dad's book. And one of my weak muscles is marketing. So I wanted to build a project around marketing my book about my dad, Songs of a Father. And in this committee, they were giving me all kinds of ideas of how to promote the book, you know, the usual ones, social media, newspapers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then they said, and perhaps because this is a book about they are um, continuously moving toward that passion and gift maybe you should form a group that talks about people's passions. Wow. And that's where the Turtle Queen Authors Club was born. Wow. So I formed the club and like anything else, you start slow. And I just invited a couple of people to my house to talk about their passions about writing because that's, that was my passion just like my dad's passion was singing. And two people came, then three people came. And you know how, it's like a piece of clay, Dilsa. You have this lump, you're not sure what to do with it. And then suddenly, almost like magic, your fingers start to move and it takes on this form and a life of its own. And that's 
what the Turtle Club Off the Club has become. Now, you you have given me a lot of credit. <laughs> <laughs> I humbly tell you, I, you know, I, I don't call myself a mentor out loud for the members of the Turtle Queen Author Club. We are actually mentoring each other. Okay. It is a combined effort a union of souls that all are going to that same mountaintop. And so we have so much to share, so much to learn. We're all learning at the same time. I am no expert. I don't want anybody to think I am. I'm walking this path one step at a time like everybody else. I may have learned a few more things ahead of them, but I share them and then they learn something else and they share with me. And you, you mentioned Dionisio. I didn't mean to cut you off, but let me, let me tell you about how I met the Inicio. A friend of mine who's a librarian at Atlanta Technical College said, Pauline, I heard about your author club. And I think you need to meet a young man who used to be at a school where I was the librarian. She said, he's been talking about his story and he has an incredible story. And I think you're just the person who needs to encourage him. So that was my initial job, just to encourage this young man to just step out beyond where he was. She had him to call me. He did. Took him a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Took him a long minute. I think he when he finally made the call, he was very shy, very reticent about talking about anything related to dreams. He said, well... Miss Kathy told me to call you and you know, I, uh, I have a story to tell, but she thinks I should put it in a book. That's how the conversation began. She thinks I should put it in a book. <laughs> and I said, well, tell me a little bit about your story. And he began to tell me the most incredible story that changed his entire life. And I said, Dionisio, you have to, Put this in a book. He said, well, I don't, I don't know anything about writing a book. And I thought, I've heard those words before. I said those same words in 2002. <laughs> I, said, I know exactly how you feel. I said, it is not impossible. We just need to sit down and talk about, first, how we can do it. And the reason why we had to talk about how we could do it is because this young man is blind. Yes. He lost both of his eyes when he was in the wrong place, wrong time, and he was shot. But the shot didn't blow out his brains. It just took away his eyes. And he just re has rebuilt his entire life without moaning. He has just moved on. It's just, his story is so incredible to me. Yes, I would like to invite him on to the podcast oh, one day so he can tell everybody too. about that story. Yeah, that's an yes, But then we amazing. just yeah. built a platform for telling his story. And uh, one of my children, you know, my two children are brilliant, like just like yours. <laughs> uh, one of my children said, Mom, why, why don't you have him just um, call you on your Google number? And the Google number will translate his voice into words and it'll come to you in text and i thought that is absolutely brilliant yeah i shared that with the initio and i said let's just do a test call the initio he called me 
I said, just talk, just talk into the, into the phone. And when it stops, it stops. And, and then we'll, we'll go from there. And that's where it began. Wow. When, he, when he got hooked on that Delsa, Delsa, it was just like anything else that we love so passionately. He could not stop. And <laughs> he told the story to me one chapter at a time. Is, and it was so chronologically orderly. Wow. I mean, started at the beginning, just went straight through. I couldn't wait for the next chapter every time he finished one. Wow. And then he became comfortable with it. And the interesting thing about Dionysio, he was this quiet, shy, well, <laughs> that's the way it seemed to me in the beginning. And then he started giving me instructions, do this, do that. <laughs> move this here, move that. I mean, you unleashed yes, him. Yes, yes. <laughs> I guess. I guess I then became his foot in the back. But I just gave him a little gentle nudge, and he just took off. And wow. in between time, he had been doing public speaking in the Fulton County school system. And I said, Dionisio, this is the perfect tool you to use when you take to do your public speaking and he loves absolutely loves public speaking and he's he does a regular circuit in the Fulton County schools uh, and uh, that's his new job and that is what he wants to become his permanent job well it's time for him to expand now that he has his book <laughs> just like me He's a bookpreneur. Yeah. He's, he's a bookpreneur and he's building on it step by step by step. Mm -hmm. They do not call me the turtle queen by mistake <laughs> because I take my time. I have to think through things very, very carefully. I don't take one more step until I'm comfortable, really comfortable with this one. Uh -huh. And so I think Dionysio is going to grow wings much quicker than I do. Wow. But I'm just going to keep my pace, moving it right along. And he's going to be moving fast. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure of it. I, yeah, and I'm sure of it too. Another book. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> yes, he's talking about book two. <laughs> That's so amazing. Come, that is when amazing. When we come together in the author club, we talk. We just talk. We share. If anybody has heard something new about some new technology, the newest thing that I'm using is much better than my Google phone connection. And that is speech notes. Speech notes. Oh, I haven't heard of that one. I have to look oh, that I one up. And I had talked about that. Speech notes is incredible, Dilsa. Wow. Speech to text. So okay. Download the app. And when it comes up, you see a little microphone, you click on that microphone and you just talk. And those people who don't write because they feel uncomfortable on the computer typing it or putting a pen in their hands, that's very intimidating to some people. Yeah. That's what I love. The feel of that to me is magical. I know, I have a notepad with me all the uh -oh, time. I can't. <laughs> I can't. To me, the- oh, It's writing something. The magic comes through my fingers. It's almost like something, it's a spiritual thing for me. 
It is, you know, it's, it's divine intervention at its best. I mean, it just comes right through you. I see myself as the vessel. I truly do. Mm -hmm. And whatever God plants in me comes through me out through my fingers and I just put them there and let them go. You know, for other people, it's different. Um, and I think for people like Dionisio, you know, he, he types, he can type, oh, okay. but he finds it difficult. It's work. Yeah. Uh, so speech notes really works for him now. So well, the people that, that feel uncomfortable writing, sitting at the computer typing, I encourage them to use speech notes or something like speech notes. There are so many tools out there now. It's yeah. incredible. So that's what we do. We are a sharing group. Uh, and by sharing, you grow. Yes. And when you grow, you can build. And when you build, you can fly. I mean, it just, you need, I think, other people to help you on the journey. Yep, you need so that I'm energy. very happy with the Turtle Club, Author Club. We can't wait to get together with each other. Uh, it's just a joy. Now, I was going to ask you for some advice, you know, like old friend to old friend, some sage advice, you know, <laughs> about living life one story at a time. But I think you've laced that advice throughout the... <laughs> You know, is there said. anything specific that you would like to hone in on, you know, because, you know, the theme of this podcast, the theme of my blog is living life one story at a time, because that's all we can do. We can live one day at a time in the moment, but we need to give it as much as we can give. Well, um, the thing that I can say is that I think people dismiss their personal stories as unimportant. Yeah. But when they start telling their stories, they see how important they are. Um, one of the authors that I'm working with now, and I guess in a mentorship way, in an editing capacity, in a coaching capacity, I like that word better, coaching. <laughs> I have been talking to this young lady for over 10 years about writing her story, because she kept telling me pieces of it that seemed so entertaining. And she writes in your genre, you know, she writes these sexy, funny, exciting stories, page turners. You say, oh my God, what's going to happen next? <laughs> <laughs> and I finally got her to sit down one day and I said, let me see the pieces of paper that you've been writing for the last probably 20 years. Notebook pages, pages just from a piece of paper over here, a piece of paper over here in this box and that box under the bed. Oh, wow. So many people have that, Dilsa. And they oh. think, this is just garbage. I'm not going to do anything with it. But she did, and her story is true. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait until oh, it's wow. done. Uh, and so cool. I encourage people not to dismiss themselves, their own stories. Who would people say to themselves, who would want to read this? 
Oh, you'd be amazed. You'd be amazed. There's a corner for every single body. You know, I'm not into science fiction, but my son daily eats, sleeps, drinks science fiction. <laughs> you know, some people are not into love and mush. That's me. I love that. So my next challenge is going to be to try to write a love story. Oh. You know, from the depths of my soul. That's going to be harder, but I am just a love junkie. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> I, I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. So, I think people cannot dismiss what God has put in them. And if they are good listeners, you know, they can tell stories from the sages that have touched their lives. Or the most brilliant people in my estimation are people like you who can just make it up. <laughs> I don't know where I don't know what planet that comes from. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I have this new character in my head now and I'm going, where did he come from? <laughs> it must be like it must be like voices like Sybil. You know, you you have all these people in you but i just think that's a gift <laughs> i think that's a gift that's a and gift. we have to each celebrate our own gifts amen and amen. i think there's nothing more beautiful than putting it down so it appears on paper because i'm one who likes to hold the paper in her hand i like that yeah i like to turn the pages now i have a kindle you know i'm trying to stay modern I'm trying to stay up in the technical digital world, but my pleasure comes in not only holding a book. Well, print books are all back on back in um, style. Uh, you think trending, so? I think they're trending upward. I think people are more comfortable with their print books. You know, I, I hope so because yeah. it is a joy for me just to see books on library shelf. I mean, I just, just looking at them to me is artful, you know, mm -hmm. all the different colors, all the different sizes, all the different kinds, all the different kinds of titles. I know. And sometimes it amazes me how many books I have. I just went through all of my bookshelves looking for the first turtle story. I know I have that. I've read that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, where's the incredible. other one? You know, but I was like, okay, I gave, I looked at the time. It was like up. I don't have time. Let me just, I'll look for it later. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, how do I get so many? I'm a book hog. I buy books. Me too. I have books that I've never read because yeah. I go through, especially Decatur Book Festival is coming up. I'll be at the Decatur Book Festival going through all of those stands and stuff. And it's, 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 it's interesting. But Pauline, I want to thank you for your time and thank you for sharing with us today. I, you know, love your books and I want, to, you definitely need to come out with that love story. I can't wait to, <laughs> well, <laughs> I may to read that one. <laughs> I need, may need a love coach and that would be you. So, um, you know, it's in my brain. So I'm going to move it from my brain to my hands, put it in my spirit. We'll talk about that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Dilsa. This has been a joy. Oh, thank you. 
Well, today's podcast has been brought to you by SimplyDilsa.com and Good Show Publications. I want you to visit SimplyDilsa.com to keep up with the Spurlings. That's my romantic suspense series that is devilishly delicious and dangerous for a woman who's the obsession of more than one wealthy man. The problem is the one she loves is the one who may be the most lethal of them all. So you'll have to uh, read Dreams Thrown Away, read split images and no tears for dead men to see if she can survive them. If you want to learn more about writing and publishing, especially publishing independently, keep up with the Simply Dilsa blog also at simplydilsa.com. I want to thank you guys for joining us. Take care. And thanks again, Pauline.